Welcome to the Old Time Radio Hour. I'm your host, Justine Ward, and each week we bring you a classic show from radio's golden age. We continue our series presenting the best of Lux Radio Theater with a good old western starring Jimmy Stewart. It's got everything you look for in a western, including a dance hall gal who passes through the hands of several bad guys before she finds her hero. Enjoy Lux Radio Theater, Winchester 73, Starring Jimmy Stewart, first broadcast November 12, 1951, on CBS. Lux presents Hollywood. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Flakes, bring you the Lux Radio Theater. Starring James Stewart, Stephen McNally, and Julia Adams in Winchester 73. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight we bring you the story of a rifle. The perfect one in a thousand Winchester, known as the Winchester 73. So named because it was perfected in the year 1873. Now, just the story of a gun could be dreadfully dull. It is, after all, an inanimate object until it is taken up in unlawful hands and becomes a deadly weapon. Now, today we guard against the uncontrolled use of firearms. But in 1873, when we were intent on winning the West, a man's life often depended upon his ability to shoot. And therefore, his gun was his most valuable possession. In tonight's suspenseful story, we have James Stewart and Stephen McNally in their original roles. And co-starring in this outdoor drama from the Universal International Studios is lovely Julia Adams. You know, I received several letters lately from housewives who say that when I first talked about new Lux with color freshener, they doubted Lux flakes could be improved upon. But now that they've tried New Lux, they're delighted because they find that New Lux really does keep colors fresh and lovely longer. Now, Winchester 73, starring James Stewart as Lynn McAdam, Stephen McNally as Dutch, and Julia Adams as Lola. This is the story of the Winchester Rifle, model 1873, the gun that won the West. To cowman, outlaw, peace officer, or soldier, the Winchester 73 was a most treasured possession. An Indian would sell his soul to own one. On July 4, 1876, such a rifle came to Dodge City, Kansas. It was placed on exhibition. Look at it, a Winchester 73. What a give to have that rifle. One out of a thousand. First one I've ever seen. But, mister, that's a real gun. Heard it took over a year to make it. Yeah. I give the first one to President Grant. I sure be in good company when I win that one. 
Well, then we hit a lot of towns. What makes you think he'll be here? He'll be here. We've been wrong before. He'll be here. On account of what we just saw in the store window? He isn't here already. That rifle will bring him. Come on, let's find a place to board our horses. The rifle wasn't for sale. They were going to stage a shooting contest. The rifle going to the winner. But I never got to see who won. All I got was an invitation to leave town. Come on now, Roller. Let go. Let me alone. Come on now. Let's not have any fuss. Now you just get aboard that stagecoach. I'm not going. You've got no right to treat me like this. You can come back. It's just till over the holiday. Why don't you pick on the gunslingers and the gamblers instead of a girl trying to make an honest living? And what about Steve? If he comes to town and finds I'm gone, he's liable never to catch up with me. Oh, please. Is there something I can do for you, ma'am? Huh? Oh. Stranger in town, mister? That's right, but I was talking to the lady. Now, don't you fret about it, Lola. Steve Miller comes along, I'll send him after. All right, Ben. Get that stage out of here. Well, thanks anyway, mister. Oh, Lola's all right, mister. It's just that some folks think the dance hall girls might give the place a bad name over the holiday. You and your friend planning to stay for the shooting match? We might. The Dodge House is about the best place in town. Might be full up, but I'll put in a word for you with Jake. Well, might as well drop off your guns. Let's have them. Drop off our guns? Now, wait a you, minute. You, uh, you must have a real good reason to ask a man to do a darn fool thing like that. We don't allow anybody to wear guns in Dodge City. Hadn't you boys noticed? Who's we? Oh, uh, didn't I introduce myself? I keep forgetting to wear that piece of tin. Got it on me somewhere, see? Yeah. Hold on, gents. It's in one of these pockets. Uh, sure. Knew I had it somewhere. A man could get himself killed hiding his badge like that. U.S. Marshal, huh? That's right. Name of Earp. Wyatt Earp. Oh, Wyatt Earp. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, give him your gun, High Spade. Yeah. Yeah. Some more guns, Virgil. Put them with the others in my office. That's an awful lot of law for one little cow town. Well, this is the kind of a cow town that needs a lot of law. Now, if you boys want to sign up for the rifle shoot, just come along with me. Now, all you have to do is... What's the trouble, stranger? You see a ghost? That's him, Lynn, going into the saloon. Yeah. You were right then. Only why would he come here? I told you the rifle, the Winchester 73. I knew he'd come. You, uh... You know Dutch Henry? Who? That fellow who just went in the saloon. Dutch Henry Brown. I know him. What's your name? I'll need it to sign you up. All right, if I use my own. Some folks do. Lynn McAdam. My friend here is High Spade Frankie Wilson. High Spade with a hyphen. That's what I sit on when I get tired. Dutch Henry, a friend of yours? I wouldn't exactly call it that, no. Oh, personal matter, huh? I hope it can wait till you fellas leave town. Well... Waited a long time, Mr. Earp. It can wait a little longer. That's good. That's fine. I'm planning on a nice, quiet Fourth of July. Well, that was the beginning. And an awful lot happened before it all ended. But now that I know the whole story, I guess I'm as good as anyone to tell it. Anyway, that afternoon, the whole town turned out for the shooting match. Wyatt Earp told him a little more about the prize they were shooting for. 
So it seems that uh, when the Winchester people are turning out these here rifles, every so often, maybe one gun out of 10,000 comes out just perfect. They've given it a name. They call it one of a thousand. President Grant owns one of these rifles. So does Buffalo Bill Cody. And today, one of you boys are going to walk out of here with the finest repeating rifle in the entire world. So take your positions on the firing line. This here shooting match is ready to begin. Half an hour later, there were just two men left in the contest. Lynn McAdam and Dutch Henry Brown. Even Wyatt Earp said he'd never seen shooting this fancy as he saw that afternoon. And when it was over... He handed the rifle to Lynn McAdam. You can take your rifle now, McAdam, or you can wait till morning. The boys would like to engrave your name here on the gun stock. Wow, that's real nice of them. I appreciate it. Wait a minute. Well, Dutch, I uh, just thought I'd ask how much he'd take for it. It's not for sale. Ah, that's too bad. That's too much gun for a man to have just for... Shooting rabbits. Or for shooting men in the back. Why, yeah. Like I said before, a nice, quiet Fourth of July. You know, it looks like you and Dutch here might have learned to shoot from the same man. Yeah, he taught quite a few folks how to shoot. Only trouble was he taught them how. He didn't teach them what to shoot at. Maybe he figured a man should know that without having to be told. Yeah, that was his big mistake. He lived just long enough to find that out. It's all right with you, Mr. Rip. I'll pick up my gun at your office. You pulling out of town? That's right. Me, Wesley, and Wheeler. Get your gear before you go to the office, and the minute you pick up your guns, you leave town. Oh, sure, Marshal, sure. I, that's the law. I guess I won't have time for that engraving after all. Well, you're leaving too, huh? Get the horses high, Spade. I'll get the stuff out of the hotel. Just a minute. This personal business between you and Dutch Henry, I don't care what you do to each other once you leave town, but there'll be no gunfighting until you do. Is that understood? It's understood. Come on, Lynn. Let's get started. You all right, Lynn? Yeah. Find out where he put his horse? Right next door is Wells Fargo Corral. But don't try anything here, not with her up around. You got to wait, Lynn. I can wait. I can wait. Dutch Henry wanted that Winchester 73 real bad. It wasn't hard getting it, either. He and his two friends were waiting for Lynn when he walked in his hotel room. Five minutes later, Dutch was riding hard out of town, and hanging from his saddle was the Winchester 73. I don't know about you, Dutch, but after two days, this saddle is pounding the back of my neck. And two more days before we reach Tascosa. You sure we're going to know what he's talking about? Yeah, he better know. And that bank better be full of cash, or Waco's gonna be full of holes. Anything else eating you boys? Yeah, our guns. They're still hanging on a wall back in Dodge City. Well, I got all I want right here. Oh, look over there. More Indian smoke. In back of us, too, toward that saddleback. Can you read it? I don't have to. Indian smoke means just one thing to me. Trouble. Hey, Dutch, you think McAdam has started after us yet? Ah, that's hard to say. <laughs> he took quite a beating. Quite a beat. What good's that 73 going to do you without any shells? Oh, I'll get shells. Plenty of shells. In Tascosa? I thought I said you knew you knew this country. Yeah, enough of it to know it's full of Indians. Ever hear of Rikers Place? Rikers? Yeah, he's got a trading post. 
Everything we need right now, Riker's got. Yeah, but how many miles away? If you'd shut your mouth and open your eyes, you wouldn't ask so many stupid questions. Wheeler, look. Yondo's cottonwoods. You feel better now, Wheeler? That's Riker's place. Kind of lonely around here, ain't it, Riker? Just you and Mr. Lamont? Everybody else got scared out by engines, Dutch. And I don't mind saying I'm doing the same. As soon as I get my business done. And, uh, what might that be, Mr. Lamont? It's in plain sight, Mr. Brown. Over there on the counter. Guns, rifles, and ammunition. You ain't selling to Indians. I sell to anyone who pays my price. Looks like you and your friends might have been in Dodge City. Left in a hurry. That could be, yeah. No guns, eh? I guess wired up, still marshal. That's right. So we'll buy some of yours. Three six guns and some forty-four forty shells from my Winchester. How much? Three hundred dollars. Three hundred? Why, a six gun costs twenty-five dollars anywhere in the territory. My price is three hundred. Ah, just a thief, huh? We got eighty-two dollars. What'll it bring? Nothing. You, uh, you mind if I look at your Winchester, hmm? One of a thousand, huh? Yes, uh, that's a real fine rifle. Uh, don't suppose you want to sell? I'm buying, not selling. Maybe so, but not for me. Your guns are for sale. Who else is going to buy them? Well, I'll be honest with you, Mr. Brown. I'm waiting for young Bull to send his man here. What's, uh, young Bull doing this far north? I wouldn't know. But they all want repeating rifles since the little bighorn. Little bighorn? The Sioux jumped Custer, wiped them all out. Yes, sir. Getting to be mighty tough country to travel in without a gun. Well, uh, a young bull might not show up and you'd be stuck with all those guns. It could be, Mr. Brown. That's why I'm willing to give you $300 in gold for your Winchester. And you can take your pick of the six guns. Might even throw in 50 rounds of shells. I'm not threatened. You're talking like a fool, Dutch. Give him the Winchester. I said no deal. Be smart. How far are we going to get our guns? Uh, all right. All right. You got a deal, Lamont. Thank you. Show him the guns, Mr. Racker. They can take the pick. This way, boys. Right over here. Winchester 73. Yes, sir. Like a jewel, you might say. And brand new, eh, Mr. Brown? Why, a man who owns a rifle... Set it down, Lamont. Then put up your hands. Well, we made a deal. Did we? I don't deal with Indian traders. So back up, Mr. Lamont. Put that gun in your belt, Dutch, or I'll kill you. (laughs) Shoot a man in the back, Riker? I wouldn't be the first. You ought to know. Uh, The gun's in my belt. You hadn't ought to have tried that, Dutch. You know I run a decent place. Mm, Help yourself to the bottle. One on the house before you leave. Who said I was leaving? You're leaving. Better give them the rest of the shells, Mr. Ranker. They may need them. Later that night, Lamont left Riker's place. He got word that young Bull was ready to meet with him. There's no point getting angry, young bull. I admit the rifles aren't Winchesters, but everyone's a repeater, and they'll all shoot true. You lie. Rifles you bring are old, worn out. 
They are not the guns of which we spoke. If you want my gold, bring me the guns with which Crazy Horse and the Sioux made their war, Little Bighorn. Oh, and you know about Custer, huh? That is the gun I want. The one on your saddle. Well, there isn't enough money in your whole tribe to buy that rifle. That is the gun I want. Hold on! When the Indians rode away, the Winchester 73 had another new owner. Young Bull. That same night, two more riders were heading toward Riker's place. Lynn McAdam and Highspace. Oh, why don't you admit it, Lynn? You're about ready to fall out of that saddle. Why don't we rest up for a while? No, I'm not that tired. A few hours more or less ain't gonna make any difference. We've been chasing him since I can't remember. That's right, that's right. We've never been this close before. We'll keep going till we hit Riker's place. Dutch said he was pushing on into Tascosa, huh? He say anything else, Riker? Well, uh, I didn't hear much. Something about meeting up with Waco Johnny Dean. Uh-huh. All right, thanks a lot, Riker. You've been real friendly. Come on, High Spade, let's move along. Oh, you mean you're going to get up and ride away from all this comfort? All right, now, how long have we been trailing, Dutch? How many months? I know, I know. We've never been so close before. That's what you said on the way to Dodge City. Keep your eyes open along the ridge. Plenty of engines these days. Thanks, Riker. Well, we'll be seeing you. Well, the way things worked out, we were all on the same trail. I guess you remember how Wyatt Earp had invited me out of Dodge City by stagecoach. In a way, I was glad he had, because I'd met up with Steve, the fellow I was waiting for, at the first stop. Steve hired a buckboard, hitched his horse in back, and we started on our way. And if I'd have been there, Wyatt Earp or no Wyatt Earp, he wouldn't have run you out of town. Oh, it don't matter now, as long as you found me. Tell me about the ranch, Steve. It's real pretty, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's the old Jameson place, 40 miles out of Tascosa. And we can move right in and start living there. Well, you can. But what about you? Well, I, uh, I gotta meet some friends of mine, Lola. Only take me a day or two, it's... Well, it's a deal. Oh, please, Steve, please. No more deals. That's why I worked in Dodge City. That's why I got the money. That's so just could... what I mean. You got the money. Well, now I gotta get some. But... Steve! Indians! Can we outrun them? I don't know. Give me that whip. Come on, get up, boy! Get up! Go! Go! We have fresh horses and a good start, but we wouldn't stand a chance. It was then that I I learned a little more about Steve. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. Steve, what are you trying to do? Saddle horse. I'll ride ahead and find help. What about me? Oh, don't leave me, Steve. Please, please. I'll get help. I'll come back as soon as I can. Steve did come back. He did find help. It was the wildest kind of luck. A camp of soldiers, cavalry patrol. But then I found out our luck wasn't so good after all. I heard the sergeant talking to Steve. I, uh, I don't understand. Indians know you're camped here? It was like driving you and the lady into a corral. Yeah, they've had us pinned down here since yesterday. 
I got a dozen men is all. They're on all sides of us. Maybe, maybe you better tell the lady. No one went to sleep that night. We just kept close to the fire, waited. Not knowing that the Indians were driving two more white men into the trap. You hear what I hear, Lynn? Yeah, I hear him. I told you night riding wasn't smart. Yeah, I guess you did. Now we're smack in the middle of them. Yeah, I guess you're right again. Being right ain't gonna do as much good. What'll we do now? We keep riding. The Indians all around us? Well, maybe you'd feel better if we stopped. Mm, no. No, no. Well, we'll just keep on riding. Look at my hair. It was such pretty hair. I had it ever since I was a kid. A little thin on top, but I'd sure like to keep it. Yeah, yeah. I kind of think maybe... Look. Look over there. Campfire. Come on, come on. Wrong way, Lynn. We're heading right into their camp. That's no Indian fire. It's too big. Come on, pour it on. Stop that fool shooting. We're friends. Don't shoot. We're right in. Hold your fire. They're white men. Hold your fire. Well, thanks for leaving the door open. Say, uh, my name's McAdam. That's High Spade here. I sure can use two more men. My name's Wilkes. This is Steve Miller. He and his lady come a-calling on us a little earlier. You got a woman here? They jumped us on a ridge, too. Oh. Well. Well, hello again. Hello. You know him, Lola? He's the fellow I told you about. The one who stood up to Wyatt Earp for me. Well, to tell the truth, I didn't know it was Wyatt Earp. I hate to bust this up, but we make a wonderful target standing in front of the fire. Keep your eyes open, boys. They'll be trying to rush us any minute now. You from Fort Baskin, Sergeant? That's where we're headed. Replacements. Oh. Oh, you're new on the territory, huh? Yep. Pennsylvania 9th. Picked up our mounts at Fort Smith. We've been riding ever since. Pennsylvania 9th. Well, say, you, you fellows were at Gettysburg, weren't you? Yeah. Left a rib there. One of them Johnny Ribs hung me up on a bayonet. The real group of fighting men. Never knew when they was licked. Gave us a real bad time at Shiloh and Bull Run. Uh-huh. Say, uh... Say, about these Indians, it seems like they hardly ever attack at night. Why not? Well, they figure if they're killed in the dark, the great spirit can't find their souls to whip them up to heaven or something. I, I don't know. I, I uh... I don't mean to be forward, Sergeant, but if you've never fought him before... Keep talking. You ain't forward. Well, it it might be a good idea to have your men catch up on some sleep. They're going to be... They're going to be real busy tomorrow morning. Hmm. You men turn in. Get some sleep. Coates, Murphy, sentry duty. Call your relief in four hours. A little later, Lynn walked over to me. He brought his saddle and a blanket. No feather bed, miss, but uh, I think you'll find it a little more comfortable. Thanks. Steve Miller just told me you're heading out to a ranch, is that right? Yeah, yeah, my very first own home. I, I guess you wouldn't know, but it, it means an awful lot to me. I know. You got a home like that? I, I did once, sort of. With your wife? No, no, I haven't got a wife. I was, I was with my father. Uh, is that where you're bound now? To your home? No. No, my father was killed. 
I hear those birds. Kind of pretty, aren't they? Sometimes they sing all night, you know that? They're not birds. I know what they are. You afraid of tomorrow? Would it do any good for me to lie to you? No. I'm afraid. I guess everybody gets afraid sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Good night, Lola. Good night, Lee. Starting to get light, McAdam. How soon, do you figure? Any time now, I guess. You know, Sergeant, I was talking to a fellow named Riker. He was telling me how crazy Horse from the Sioux wiped out Custer. They're real smart fighters. It seems they knew all about your Springfield rifles being single shot. You mean they had repeaters? That's right, that's right. They sent their first wave in light so they'd draw the fire, and then they sent... I sent in a, a second wave heavy before Custer's men had a time to reload. You figure this bunch will try the same thing? I kind of think maybe they will. Kind of think they will. Only this time, maybe we just might outfox them on account of high spade and I got Winchesters. Hold your fire for the second wave. Well, it's up to you. It's up to you, Sergeant, whatever you say. Hold it, then. Now... That sounds like they're getting ready. Yeah. Route out, you men. Get to your places. Take them as they come. Any place special you want me to stay? Yeah, yeah. Right under the wagon here. Thanks for the saddle. It was real comfortable. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, take this six-shooter, just in case you... Uh... I know how to use it. And the last bullet, I, I understand about that, too. They're going to be rushing us in about three more hoops. What do you pick for your spot? Well, they're going to come in under the sun. Let's... Get up to the other end of the wagon here. Here they come. Come on. All right, boys. Let them have it. Our stars return with Act Two of Winchester 73. Here's Mr. Keeley with late movie news. Tonight, John, it's a really great film. Metro Golden Mare's Technicolor production, Quo Vadis. Two years in the making and a cast of 30,000. Imagine 30,000 actors headed by Robert Taylor, Deborah Carr, and Leo Ginn. You know, Quo Vadis is one of the most beautiful love stories ever told. That of Marcus, the Roman warrior, and Lygia, the Christian slave girl, whose faith proves greater than her love. Which leads up to one of the most unforgettable moments in the picture, the burning of Rome. Yes, the film directed by Mervyn Leroy and produced by Sam Zimbalist is filled with breathtaking scenes of action and beauty that you just can't afford to miss. Nero's foreign legions, the gladiator fights, the Christians facing the lions in the Colosseum. And the colorful costuming and the huge crowd scenes in Quo Vadis. Roman togas in wonderful fabrics and colors and every detail historically true. Except one. The Romans didn't have lux. But the wardrobe department insisted that even in Rome they give washables the same care as at home. Lux flakes. New lux with color freshener is a modern washing miracle. No other soap, no suds of any kind is safer or gentler. 
It's perfect for white nylons, rayons, silks, cottons, too. Gives them new brilliance, new whiteness. Gay prints sparkle like new, and all shades take on new beauty, new depth, new brightness. Luxing after luxing. The world's most glamorous women, famous Hollywood screen stars like Deborah Carr, are never without wonderful new lux. Have you tried it yet? New lux, enriched with color freshener, is scientifically made to give you the most perfect washing results possible. Get a big box tomorrow. Give your washables that nicest new lux look. Now, Mr. William Keeley, our producer. Act two of Winchester 73, starring James Stewart as Lynn McAdam, Stephen McNally as Dutch, and Julia Adams as Lola. our camp a dozen times that morning, but it was Lynn and High Spade with their Winchester repeaters who finally drove them off. When it was all over, they seemed in a big hurry to leave. Well, not much more I can say to you boys, but thanks and good luck. Uh, just one other thing, Sergeant. Out here we play winner take all. Indians left an awful lot of dead out there. No sense leaving those rifles out there to rust. Well, say, I never thought of that. Hey, uh, Coach. Go out there and pick up them fast-shooting guns. Anything else you happen to like? <laughs> yeah, you're a man after my stamp. Wish we'd had you with us at Bull Run. Might not have run so fast. Well, I want to tell you something. I was with you at Bull Run. So was High Spade. Only we were on the other side. You mean you were... That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be done. <laughs> I'll be done. Go on, Sarge. See you again. Oh, Lynn, wait before you go. Oh, oh, hello. Oh, this six-shooter, it belongs to you. Yeah, yeah, thanks. The last bullet is still there. Yeah, so it is. May I have it? You just never know when a girl might need a bullet. Sure, help yourself. Still bound for Tascosa, huh? That's right. Whatever you're after, I hope you get. You too, High Spade. Thanks, Good luck, boys. Good luck, All right, let's get moving. Hey, Sarge. Sarge, look at this. Look what I found out there. Man, is that a rifle. Who had it, Coates? Their chief, I guess. I saw that Lynn fella drop him. Real pretty shot. Let me see that rifle. I say, it is brand new. And look, look what it says on it. Dodge City Rifle Shoot, one by... Huh, don't say who won it. Do I get to keep it, Sarge? No, some officer take it away from you at Fort Bascom. And it's too good for an officer. Hey, Lynn! Lynn! It's too late, Sarge. He's gone. Well, there's someone else to be proud to have this. Steve! What's that you got? One of you fellas ought to have it. Why, that's a... That's a 73. A Winchester 73. It's yours. You earned it, too. Once again, Steve and I were on our way to the ranch. The Winchester 73 lying between his feet on the floor of the buckboard. We got there late that afternoon. The over there's the house, honey. You uh, you like it? Yeah, it sure looks nice, Steve. Yeah, that uh, garden you were talking about, we could plant it right over there. Or uh, maybe you wouldn't want a garden. I don't know. Place will look even better after the rains. It gets all green around here and there's water in the runs. 
Steve, when did you say the Jamesons would be moving out? Almost any time now, a week maybe. Just right to help give you the feel of the place. Come on, honey, let's go in and meet. I should have been happy, but I wasn't. All I could think of was Steve and, and how he'd left me the day before while he rode off for help. In a few days, this was a man I'd be married. Is something wrong, miss? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised after what you've been through. Oh, oh I'm all right, Mrs. Jameson, and, and thanks for supper. It tasted real good. I thought my husband would be back from town by now. Well, I'd better get the kids off to bed, if you'll excuse me. Yeah, yeah, sure. Lola, as soon as she comes back, I guess I'll be going to town. Now, tonight? I told you, I gotta meet somebody. Waco Johnny Dean. I heard all about him, Steve. He's no good. Lola, what's wrong? I... I don't know. It's... It's on account of what I did back there. You think I ran away? I... I'm not sure. I won't lie to you. I went yellow, crazy yellow. But I came back for you. You know I came back for you. Steve. Look, I'd, I'd give my eyes if it hadn't happened. Someday I'll prove that to you, Lola. you got to believe me. Steve. They're coming this way. Listen. Hey, Larigo, look who's here. How are you doing, Steve? Hurry out there with the boys. Keep them off. All right. Well, <laughs> Hello. You live here? She's with me, Waco. Name's Lola Manners. I, uh, I told you about her. Yeah, that's right. Only you didn't tell me how pretty she was. Steve, what's this all about? Ha-ha! <laughs> all home week in Texas, huh? We're right at the town real peaceful like and who's waiting for us but the U.S. Marshal and a flock of deputies. <laughs> Haven't had so much enjoyment all year. <laughs> you got no right to come in here. You got any coffee, lady? Get out. Get out of this house. Waco, can you hear me? That is Noonan, Waco. See what he wants. Keep talking, Noonan. There's a woman and two children in there. Send them out the front door. We'll hold our fire. Then what? Shut up, brother. Go. I'll do the talking. Then you can come out. You'll get a fair trial, Waco. <laughs> Come in and get us, Noonan! Now, where's that coffee? Why don't you let the woman out of here? And those kids? What do you want to do? Stand behind her when Noonan comes in after you? I want to remember it so I can tell my friends about Waco Johnny Dean, another brave man. Uh, this is quite a girl, Steve. Quite a girl. They're coming out, Noonan! Lady! Take your kids and go out the front door. Oh, thank you, miss. Thank you. Go on, Lola. Go with them. Now! Now she's staying put. You wanted to see this, honey. You wanted to tell your friends. Wait, go take it easy. She didn't mean it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That rifle, Steve. Where'd you get that rifle? It, it was given to me. Yeah. Yeah. How much, Steve? Name a price. Make it big. I'm not selling. This is me you're talking to, Waco. I said I'm not selling. All right, Steve. Have it your own way. Tell your gal to bring in the coffee. Lola, no, you stay where you are. Waco, you're crazy. We can't stay here. I better do what he says, Steve. The coffee. No. No, let uh, let him get it. You don't mind, do you, Steve? No. No, I, I don't mind. Send out that other woman, Waco. Send her out right now. She don't want to leave. She likes it here. Sit down, honey. We got lots of time. You known him long? 
Steve? Long enough. And you're a lot of woman. Hey, Winkle. They are bunching up around the barn out there. Let them. Hey, where's that coffee? I'm getting it. Well, bring it and put on an apron. You'll look better. What are you trying to prove? Nothing, nothing. Just trying to buy a rifle. You're still sure you don't want to sell, kitchen boy? Steve, let him have it. Don't you see what he's trying to do? He's the just... coffee. Come on, let's have it. Steve, look out. <laughs> well, I guess you must have tripped us, huh, Steve. <laughs> well, clean it up. No. I said clean it up. I said no. Michael! Just poor old Steve. He wouldn't clean up the mess. Steve! I tried, Lola. I... I tried. Waco, they're going to burn us off. they got a wagon full of hay. They're going to run it into the house. Then I guess it's about time to go, boys. And walk right into their guns. Maybe you'd rather fry. Go on, start running. I'll cover you. I suppose I fainted. I don't remember. All I know is I found myself in the buckboard again. Waco was next to me. Hang on, honey. Hang on. We'll be in Tescoso in the morning. You dirty murdering. I sure was mean to poor old Steve. His rifle, gal, and his buckboard. Ha, <laughs> ha. Yes, sir. It's been quite an evening. Please let me go. Please. Out here in the middle of nothing? Well, honey, you might get hurt out here. Besides, besides, I'm beholden to you. With you in my arms, Noonan's boys didn't dare shoot. And you'll like Tescoso, Lola. You'll like Tascosa fine. Tascosa. Then I remembered that someone else was riding for Tascosa. Lynn. Lynn McAdam. Ah, maybe we'd meet again. Sooner than either of us ever thought. What time you figure we'll hit Tascosa? Well, not till two, three tomorrow. We got a couple of tired horses here. You ever wonder about your pa? I mean, what he think about you hunting down Dutch Henry? He'd understand. He taught me to hunt. Not men. Hunting a man to kill him, you're beginning to like it. That's just where you're wrong. I don't like it. There's some things a man has to do, so he doesn't. What happens when the hunt's over? Then what? When it's over? Well, I hadn't given her much thought. I thought, oh, maybe we could get the ranch back together again, round up the strays, and then we could... I don't know. I hadn't given it much thought. Well, now might be a pretty good time, on account of we're coming pretty close to where things are going to end. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. But I... You've been real fine people, High Spade, riding along with me. That's what a friend's for, isn't it? At least ways that's the way you bowled, we said it. Yeah, he did, didn't he? He said if a man had one friend, he was rich. Oh, I'm rich. What about that girl? That fellow Steve's girl, she mean anything to you? Well, how could she mean anything? She's gonna marry him, isn't she? Yeah. Just wondering, that's all. Just just making conversation. By daylight, we were in the desert. Tascosa was somewhere still ahead of us. But uh, Waco had other plans. He took a trail leading up into the mountains. Far off, I could see a cabin. 
It's him, Dutch. He's coming. Waco Johnny. Look at him. He's got a woman with him. Yeah, maybe that's what kept him. As if I didn't know. Sometimes I think Waco's a little on the crazy side. Yeah, so do I. But I think quiet. Go on down there and bring him up. Hi, Dutch. Hi, boys. Hi. Oh, well, pardon me. This is Lola. She's crazy about me. Just a minute, Waco. That rifle. I thought I'd take Lola along into Tascosa. I don't care where you take her, but where did you get my rifle? Your rifle. Why, this is a Winchester 73, Dutch. A gift from a very dear friend. It's my rifle, and I want it. And if you don't get it? Do you want in on this Tascosa deal? I've come a long ways to get here, Dutch. Then I'll say it again. That's my rifle. <coughs> well, as long as you feel that way about it. Yeah, yeah, take it. Yeah. <laughs> now, where's uh, Tom and Dundee? Didn't they show? They're inside, sleeping. Rode in late last night. Where's uh, Latigo and the others? Oh, seems they got themselves all shot up. Oh? How come? It's a long story, with tears. Come on, let's get in the cabin. I'll tell you over a drink. So you take the girl and come up here, huh? Any objections? No, no objections. You, uh... Haven't I seen you somewhere? I've been somewhere. In Dodge City, a dance hall. Playing a piano and singing. Singing and playing the piano? You? Roll one out and I'll sing you a tune. <laughs> I'll take you up on that as soon as we get to Tascosa. Which uh, happens when, Dutch? This afternoon. And here's the setup. First, John Turk and I ride down to Trigillo. When we get there, we... You. Take a walk, sister. Oh, let her alone, Dutch. She's luck. I said take a walk. He don't like you. Oh, don't tell him now, but I don't like him. Get smart and I'll teach you some manners. Look, Waco, this time tomorrow you and her can play patty cake all you want. But when I'm lining up a deal, I don't want any dance hall woman listening in. The man wants you to walk, honey. Well, nice cabin you got here, Dutch. How'd you like to rent it out for honeymoon? The last time. You in on this deal or not? Oh, sorry. Keep right. talking. We pick up the stage at Trigillo. There's two men riding shotgun, guarding the gold. They ride it right into Tascosa, to the bank. Where'll I be? With Dundee and Tom. Now, right across from the bank, there's a saloon. Tom will leave the horses in front. You be at the bar and you'll see the stage when it pulls in. I'll be at the piano. Lola's going to sing for me, ain't you, honey? I know. Take a walk. What else do you know? Nothing. So I'm in the saloon. What then? They carry the gold into the bank. I follow them. And if there's trouble, I cover you from the saloon. That's all there is to it. You better get started now. It'll take you about... You! What are you looking at? Just a picture on the shelf. This one's you, huh? What's that in your hand? It's a bullet. Ah, oh, you're... Help yourself to that, too? It was given to me by your friend in the picture. You, uh, you know him? I know him. Well, and we've got something in common. He's been trying to give me one of those for a long time. Come on, Wheeler, let's have a look at the horses. <laughs> Poor old Dutch. Business. All the time, business. You're a strange person. Am I? That rifle he's carrying. That's no rifle, honey. 
That's a Winchester 73. There's nothing like it in the world. First you kill a man to get it. Then you just give it away. Don't you worry. I'll get it back from old Dutch the same way I got it from old Steve. Now, come on, get yourself ready. We're going into Tascosa. Before our stars return with Act Three of Winchester 73... I'd like to introduce 18-year-old Susan Ball, who has just signed a contract with Universal International. Have you always wanted to be an actress, Susan? Well, not really, Mr. Keeley. An agent heard me sing with an orchestra when I was still in high school and took me around to the studio. And they saw your possibility as a dramatic actress. What are your plans? Well, right now I'm being coached at the studio, and I've been assigned a role in Shelley Winter's next picture. Hmm, Excellent. Have you seen Shelley's latest, The Raging Tide? Yes, and I loved it as much as I did the book. Yeah, Shelley plays the hat-check girl in love with the racketeer and murderer, Richard Conti. And Stephen McNally is the homicide lieutenant assigned to investigate Conti's crime. I understand Shelley got so cold during the waterfront scenes in The Raging Tide that she wore woolies under her costume. Oh, that's a good idea for those who live in cold climates and like to wear glamorous clothes. Of course, to keep woolen soft... There's nothing safer or gentler than Lux. I love Lux for everything, Mr. Kennedy. From ski woolies to nylon slips and nighties. Scores of famous screen stars agree with you, Susan. Shelley insists on new Lux with color freshener for her lingerie, all her washables. It's pure magic for colors. Prints look dazzling bright after a Lux bath. All colors gay as new. And whites keep their whiteness as never before. Thank you for coming tonight, Susan Ball. Ladies... Try new Lux enriched with color freshener whenever you wash lovely things by machine or by hand. You'll say there's never been anything like it before. Give all your washables that nice as new Lux look. We pause now for station identification. This is the CBS Radio Network. Curtain Rises on Act Three of Winchester 73, starring James Stewart as Lynn McAdam, Stephen McNally as Dutch, and Julia Adams as Lola. I didn't have much choice. I went with Waco into Tascosa, to a saloon across from a bank. He said he wanted to hear me sing. The place was empty except for the bartender. Blue sky up above me, the green grass on the ground. I've been looking for something I have never found. And it looks like I'm never gonna see. Gonna cease my wandering. 
Hey, that's all right. On the level, weren't you? Get away from me. We're in town now, Waco. This is where we say goodbye. Why? Why? What, what for? Oh, that business with Steve? Ah, he wasn't for you. I did your favor. Maybe someday I can do the same for you. Did you love him? I guess I did. You know, you two had a lot in common. Yeah, a lot of women. I wasn't trying to be funny. When you talk like that, you are. Or didn't you know he was yelling? I knew. <laughs> you killed me. You want a drink? No. Do you mind if I go over and get one? I don't mind. You, barkeep. That clock right, five after three? A little fast, I think. Stage is due at three, and it's always on time. Uh, whiskey. Yes, sir. I sat there watching him, wondering when I could make my break. That there were two of his men on the porch, and there'd be more as soon as the stage... But then the door swung open, and walking in were Lynn McAdam and Highspeck. Well, hello again. Well, hello, nice people. Soon on your figure, huh? Seeing us again? What are you doing here? Me? Oh, oh, just entertaining. Where's Steve? Drinking whiskey in the back room? Steve's dead. He's dead? Awful sudden, wasn't it? Very. He was killed by that, that gentleman standing at the bar. The one who's looking at us. Uh, don't seem right for people to go around killing He's nice not folks. people. He's Waco Johnny Dean. Lynn. Didn't Riker tell us the Dutch was riding to meet To meet Waco Johnny Dean, yeah. You haven't got a chance. Don't quarrel with him. I got no quarrel with him. Watch him, Lynn. Watch him. Excuse me. Yeah? I've been riding to meet up with a man named Dutch Henry Brown. I was hoping to run into him here in Tascosa. Wouldn't happen to know him, would you? I might. How long do you know him? I know him long enough to tell you where he got that little scar above his right eye. I gave it to him when he was ten. Now you want to give him another? Where is he? Hey, Waco, the stage is coming. Be right out. Suppose, uh, suppose I don't tell you. Then what? Where is he? <laughs> where is he? Hang on to him, Lynn. I'll get his Where thing. is he? I'll, I'll take you to him. Where? Now. No. All right, start walking. Come on. No. Those men out there, they're with him. Dundee, top! <laughs> happened just as the stage pulled up outside. But the driver heard the shots and kept going. I saw Dutch Henry jump out. Lynn saw him, too. He started after him. There were more shots, only I... I didn't duck fast enough. Lola! Lola, where are you hit? My arm, my arm. Oh, you little fool. I got Waco, but Dutch got away. He won't get far. Take care of her, high speed. No, no, don't let him go. I couldn't stop him if I wanted to. You don't understand. Dutch Henry's a murderer. I He's know. A... So does Lynn. It was Dutch Henry who killed his father. So it's right for him to go. Doubly right, because Dutch Henry is Lynn's brother. His brother? Now, come on. Let's see if we can find a doctor. Dutch Henry had ridden off toward the hills. In the scabbard of his saddle was the Winchester 73. Somewhere in those hills, a score would be settled once... Lynn. Come on up and get me. You're caught below another man's gun. The old man taught you better than that. I guess I forgot, Matthew. You don't mind my calling you Matthew, I hope. 
I like it better than Dutch Henry Brown. Come on out and show yourself. Matthew McAdam. Has a good sound to it. I guess that's why the old man gave it to you. Ah, you got yourself in trouble again. I can smoke you out of those rocks easy. First chance I had to thank you for winning me my rifle. Shoots real pretty, wouldn't you say? I never got a chance to use that gun, Matthew. But I intend to. Now there's something you forgot, too. The old man told you never to waste lead. Now you're short. Not that short. Load up fast, Matthew. I'm coming up. man sired two sons. One was no good. Never was any good. Robbed a bank. Stagecoach. Then when he came home and wanted to hide out, the old man wouldn't go for it. So Dutch shot him in the back. He'll be waiting for Lynn. He'll kill Lynn, too. Maybe. Maybe not. Well, Doc, this lady gonna be all right? She'll have to wear that armless sling for a while, and she'll be fine. Uh, now, miss, if you don't mind it, see who that is, will you? Tell him I'm busy. Sorry, Doc's busy. Anything I can... Well, who is it? Who's out there? It's a man with a rifle, Doc. A Winchester 73. What the devil are you... I'm sorry I ran out on you before. Something that started a long time ago had to be finished. Well? Well, it's finished. Nothing to do now, then, but go back home, huh? That's right. Say, uh, Doc, is this girl fit for traveling? You crazy? This girl just uh, been... I mean, uh, not even as far as a Parsons? Oh. Well, that's something else again. Doesn't anybody ask me anything? Hmm? Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Lola... Uh, Lola? Oh, yes, Lynn, I will. I will. That's the most wonderful proposal I ever had. I thought it was pretty good myself. (laughs) Before our stars return for their curtain calls... Listen to this sensational offer by the makers of Lux. A novel assortment of 12 glittering metal foil Christmas tree ornaments, so striking they're worth three times the price. You get shimmering icicles, snowflakes, and snowballs that dance with a thousand lights, and a profusion of brilliant colors. Emerald green, tangerine orange, rich gold, sparkling silver, magenta red, and sapphire blue, all with gleaming silver on the back. You'll love the way they sparkle like stars in a winter sky. And all they cost for a full dozen is just 50 cents and one Lux box top. Send to Lux, Box 16, New York 46, New York. These ornaments are exclusive with Lux, but if you bought them in the store, they'd cost at least a dollar and a half, three times the price. They come to you packed flat, but open easily to beautiful shimmering 12-sided ornaments. These shiny, twinkling ornaments are unbreakable and have reinforced metal holes for easy hanging with a hook or string. You can fold them for storing and use them year after year. 
These ornaments are going like hotcakes, so don't be disappointed. Send for yours right away. We can't accept any orders after November 30th. Please allow three weeks for delivery. You'll surely get them in time for Christmas. Order as many as you like. For each set of 12, send one Lux Flakes box top and 50 cents to Lux, Box 16, New York 46, New York. This offer is good only in the United States, Alaska, and Hawaii. I'll repeat that address. It's Lux, Box 16, New York 46, New York. Now here's Mr. Keeley with our stars. And here they are coming forward for a well-earned curtain call. James Stewart, Stephen McNally, and Julia Adams. to the Lux Radio Theater, Julia. Thank you, Mr. Keeley. I'm delighted to be here. You know, Bill, Julia was starred in her first picture, and here she is starring in her first appearance on the Lux Theater. Yeah, well, uh, Julia believes in starting at the top and working her way up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have to go some to catch up with you, Jimmy. You've appeared on this stage ten times already. Now, why don't you take a tip from Steve? Tonight, he's making his second appearance of the season. Yeah, at this rate, he'll pass me by next April. Oh, no, I, I haven't got room in my house for all that soap. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Julia's doing okay. Uh, isn't she co-starring with you in your latest Universal International Technicolor picture? That's right, The Bend of the River. It's the story of people who braved the northwest frontier back when it was called the Oregon Territory. I played a part of a pioneer guide. And Julia plays your sweetheart? Yes, Mr. Keeley. But I don't see how any girl got her man in those days. After bouncing around in a covered wagon, I was anything but a glamour girl. And I ate dust by the ton. Well, don't forget that women were scarce in those days, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> At least uh, on wagon trains. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm certainly glad Lux Flakes weren't scarce on our wagon train. I always insist on Lux Flakes for my personal wardrobe. Good for you, Julia. You know, we have a supply for all of you to take home. Now, let's see. With Jimmy's four children and Stephen's six... Uh, Excuse me while I order another truckload. <laughs> Just a minute, Bill. We want to hear about next week's show. Well, next week, we're going to have one of the greatest and most successful pictures of all time. It's Cecil B. DeMille's production for Paramount Pictures, Samson and Delilah. And as our stars of this melodramatic story about one of the most notorious women in all history will be the original stars in this momentous motion picture. Hedy Lamar and Victor Mature. Well, that'll be a great show, Bill. Good night. Good night. Good night, Good night and hurry back. <laughs> One of Hollywood's newest stars is Valentina Cortese. She's a tiny Italian beauty whose charm pulls hearts her way. And here's Valentina Cortese's beauty tip to you. She says, I've used Lux soap for a long time. Lux facials give my skin quick new loveliness. Why don't you take her advice? Try these Lux facial screen stars recommend. The Lux active lather is so rich and creamy, it leaves your skin softer, smoother, really lovelier. You simply work the Lux lather well into your skin, rinse with warm water, then splash with cold. Pat gently with a soft towel to dry. You'll agree it's easy to be Lux lovely. Get Lux toilet soap tomorrow. It's the beauty soap nine out of ten screen stars depend on. 
Amoeba Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Plates, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents Hedy Lamar and Victor Mature in Samson and Delilah. This is William Keeley saying goodnight to you from Hollywood. in divine power was stamped on our first money and is still a foundation stone of our way of life. In God we trust. Remember, attendance at church or synagogue builds moral and spiritual character both for the individual and for the community. Why not attend regularly? Stephen McNally appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox, whose latest release is Golden Girl, starring Mitzi Gaynor, Dale Robertson, and Dennis Day. Julia Adams appeared through the courtesy of Universal International Pictures, now releasing The Lady Pays Off, co-starring Linda Darnell and Stephen McNally. Heard in our cast tonight were Dan Riss as High Spade, Herbert Butterfield as Wyatt Earp, Wally Mayer as Waco, Tim Graham as Wilkes, Stephen Dunn as Steve, Bill Johnstone as Lamont, and Bill Conrad, Bob Griffin, Charlie Lung, Jack Mather, Joe Duval, James Best, June Whitley, Brad Brown, and Eddie Marr. The motion picture, Winchester 73, was based on a story by Stuart N. Lake. Our play was adapted by S.H. Barnett, and our music was directed by Rudy Schrager. This is your announcer, John Milton Kennedy, reminding you to join us again next Monday night to hear Samson and Delilah, starring Hedy Lamar and Victor Mature. This is the CBS Radio Network. You have been listening to the Old Time Radio Hour, broadcast each week over the World Wide Web. You can subscribe at no charge through Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or RSS. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you can join us again next week for another hour of entertainment from the golden age of radio. Until then, this is your host, Justine Ward, saying so long for now. (laughs) 